Welcome to What If But Good, a podcast about writing badly until you can write well. I'm your host, Peter Lundquist. I'm your host that laughs too loud, Evan Pugh. And I'm your taller host, Silas Robinson. Each season, the three of us go through the daunting task of attempting to write feature-length screenplays from scratch in just 16 weeks. Will we succeed? Will we fail? There is only one way to find out. Listen in each week as we battle our writing demons, each other, and the sound of a buzzing refrigerator on... What if but but good? If you'd like to follow along with our rushed, unfinished pages each week, check us out at whatifbutgood.com and on all socials as whatifbutgood. This is the first week of what is potentially going to be a long screenwriting uh, journey. How are you guys doing? Good. I started by spilling beer on my shirt. That's the first thing that I did. Nice. And I, I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> beer on my shirt, it's on a dog's face. There you go. Fucked up. I mean... Did you, though? Uh, I yeah, yeah. Fucked up. I'm going to have to wash this later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's no work involved with this shirt. I well, fucked up. Um... So, yeah, the... Should we... Should yeah, we, we should... Why don't we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Um, you go first, Evan. <laughs> Hi, my name is Evan Pugh. Uh, I'm a writer. Uh, I'm Silas Robinson. Um, I'm not a writer, but I, I really enjoy writing, and I wish I did it more often. I'm Peter Lundquist. Uh, I write professionally, but not creatively. Uh, I'm a copywriter, and I'm trying to be more of a creative writer. Nice. Um, yeah, this was... Uh, the idea behind this was Pew, Pew and I were talking the other day, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm always trying to write more, and sometimes I'm successful at that, and sometimes I'm not. And I was like, we should we should just get together once a week and yeah. and, and yeah. start a project and set a deadline and, and see I, how it goes. Yeah, I said yes, and then Peter pitched me on something just out of the blue. And I was like, you should get down on this. This sounds like fun. Yeah, so definitely. Here we are. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's an experiment. It's an audio recording. Yeah. That's what this and, journey is. And more than anything else, it is a podcast. Uh, no one is going to listen to <laughs> so, so I probably we, won't listen to this. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I will, because I'm going to be, you know, taking care of the audio. <laughs> I, I will be forced to listen to this. Um, however... Basically, the the what we're gonna be aiming to do is write a feature length screenplay, and episode by episode we'll go through our struggles and travails. Right, boys? Yeah, yeah. I think just check in and and yeah, listen. I'm always working on a screenplay. I've never not been working on a screenplay, yeah. and usually what that means is that there's like a haunted Google Doc <laughs> which like idea graveyard yeah sometimes is delightful and sometimes is like you know just the saddest thing to see uh, in my open tabs and uh, I don't know I'm just, I just I just want someone to talk to about it <laughs> I frequently have like ideas documents that say last edited six months ago or something and I'm yeah. like oh that's I've been telling people at parties that I'm working on that. <laughs> <laughs> Not working on it. So. Yeah, exactly. Where you're just like, 
that that whole last modified thing, the time, the point that was invented, guilt over the fact that you haven't been writing over something that was invented. Yeah. Because it's like on the typewriter, there was no way to be like, oh, I haven't written pages in a few days. Yeah. There's no way to like keep accountability on that. Yeah. Now there's a goddamn timestamp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, for, what, do, what, do you, what do you guys, what do you guys want to write? Do you guys have ideas? <sighs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a. I, I literally, I was reading a sci-fi story, and I was falling asleep one night, and uh, I was really pissed off at the story, I didn't really like it, and I was like, I could do better than that, so literally as I was falling asleep, I uh, I, I couldn't fall asleep, because I kept thinking of like what the next act break was going to be in my imaginary story, and then I woke up and wrote it all down, and uh, so now I have... Uh, I, I have one up on you guys so far because I have actual like words on paper. Um, not to brag. Not to oh. brag. <laughs> <laughs> Asshat. I have words on other paper. Actual paper. On oh, actual paper. paper. I got a Google Doc like we were yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. Haunted or otherwise. Uh, okay, cool. So so you're you're basically taking uh, you're you're using your starting point is a shitty sci fi story. And yes. then you're you're kind of going off and you're zagging where they zigged and and improving on it. It's uh, no, it's just um, it's in the same kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it has no plot points or similarities at all to okay. the uh, uh, to the other story. It's just I was thinking like it's like a springboard. Yeah, we, I, it was just my frustration with how bad some sci-fi is I was like there needs to be good sci-fi and I don't you know sci-fi isn't really my genre that I write in the most but uh, I was like there needs to be better stuff so I'm going to try to do it yeah I I had a, in the past couple of years I had two separate experiences where I read books that I have consistently seen on the top like hundred sci-fi novels of all time that I thought sucked ass, (laughs) which was both frustrating and liberating. Cause on the one hand it was like, Oh, uh, well, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, I, I, I spent all this time slogging through this stupid book and, and you know, who are these people who put this, awful thing on who all of these lists. These people? Who are these people? <laughs> but then the other the other angle of it was like it's kind of cool to know that like I mean if these books are on these lists and they're really shitty and bad probably most books are bad. <laughs> Which was really exciting to me because I've often felt guilty about not reading more books than I do and it was exciting to just know that I could probably 90% of books probably are not worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading um, a, uh, a book about art criticism in college. Uh, I think it was Ways of Seeing. And um, one of the opening, I think in the foreword, like maybe the second or third sentence was something like, uh, the problem with art criticism is that most art critics don't realize that 90% of art is not worth it. It's just <laughs> <laughs> uh, and should just be thrown out at the first yeah, sight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so that's uh, what makes this really interesting is that, uh, you know, we're not trying to create masterpieces, I don't think. Yeah. We're not trying to be the voice of the generation, but at least, you know, hopefully it'll be something entertaining. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, you, got a, you got a big idea? What if John Cassavetes directed 500 Days of Summer? 
Okay. All right. Okay. Um, something along those lines. Gotcha. That, All right. That's kind of my question. It was like something in close, intimate, and personal. A boy meets girl story. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what I decided I wanted to work on again. Cool. And do you have like uh, like characters and and sort of yeah. plot ideas and stuff at this point? Okay. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Are we getting all the way into that? Well, mean, yeah, didn't... yeah. We talked about the structure for this before we started recording. Yeah. Where we each um, are going to share what we have and then discuss it. Well, mm-hmm. uh, now I just... <sighs> My Life in Los Angeles is the title of it. Uh, terrible title, by the way. Peter has convinced me of this multiple times. Uh, working title. Apparently mm-hmm. I haven't convinced you fully. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it's a romantic dramedy centered around the lives and relationships of Steve Wilson and Rebecca Eastman. And they are two people who knew each other in high school, not well, um, and then, like, drifted apart, fell away. We're friends on Facebook, because that's how, always how it works. Mm-hmm. But um, through mutual friends that they meet, incidentally, um, she gets brought on at a place where they work, and then they become friends. And then they meet, and Steve and Rebecca meet through those two friends who are dating like it's kind of like this nesting doll thing where it just kind of like winds up happening but it's less about that boy meets girl boy loses girl boy gets girl back flow it's it's more of figuring out how they can how to make it interesting for them to meet later right in in the structure of it um and turning their romance less into from an a from an a story into more of a b story that kind of like starts later and moves into like being the big climax of it gotcha right yeah the, the marriage of those two things instead of it being solely it's it's more about you know them sharing separate screen time um i guess running time about living their separate lives and how they act kind of come together okay because i've always loved like incidental things like magnolia and Amores Peros or um, Not Crash. (laughs) Bad example. example. Um, Good movies that are structurally similar to Crash. Yeah. Babel, is that one? I haven't seen it. It it is one, but it's not a good one. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool in that it was better than Crash. So if you've recently seen Crash, it was like, oh man, this is much better. This is refreshing. Yeah. Um, But. Oh, God, what is that director's name? Because he did both Amores Amores Peros and Babel. Was that in... In In Rito? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Because Amores Peros was, like, one of his first movies. Yeah. And it was all, like, these, like, intertwining lives in, in, like, Mexico City or Guadalajara or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he was really into those, like, interconnecting stories starting out. But I just like the idea of two people meeting again after a long period of time. Right. Um... And maybe starting the movie with like a small scene of them in high school when they actually meet and just throwing that whole meet cute thing out the window. Right. Or retooling it in a way that's like you have them meeting for the first time in a non-incidental way and then meeting again in a really meaningful way. Right. You know, where it's the same boss, you're just a different character at this point. Now, you mentioned 500 Days of Summer, which is like a, an extremely goofy yeah, it's, movie. With, yeah. It's very funny. And there's a lot of like, uh, 
I don't know, magical realism you'd say in it. Um, are you, is, is that something that you're going to try and tap into like the comedy and the goofiness or, or I'm, are you, I'm, I'm not sure yet. Okay. I honestly need to, I, I came up with this idea of it being Cassavetes five hundred days of summer before going back and rewatching this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like my subconscious understanding and what I remember of like Cassavetes and his films and, what I remember of 500 Days of Summer and what made it different than most other Boy Meets Girl stories. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I had an ex-girlfriend who walked out on the movie because she just was like, this is frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a long story. That mm-hmm. was her problems. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just... And with the Cassavetes side thing is things, it's that building tension and creating stakes through emotion and character work. Um, I think of a woman under the influence, and I think of faces, and I, you know th- those two kind of on his two milestone films, mm-hmm. and how much they just make you feel. And in the case of woman under the influence, how much they make you feel that pain of Gina Rowland's character and how much it just makes you sad um, and you experience it by proxy and so I just kind of wanted to dive more into that and more into the, the organic nature of almost documentary randomness gotcha know? yeah um, experiment with that cool um, I was hoping one of us would go for romance yes yeah it can't can't all be sci-fi. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Mine's both. Oh shit. <laughs> um yeah. uh cool. Well uh you know, Peter, you were talking earlier that kind of this this experiment that we're doing is is like a film it's like a screenwriting class with no teacher and only three students. And I think it's a really good analogy. And uh, it's it was kind of fun to know that, um, you know, 10 years later, reintroducing homework back into my life <laughs> it uh, has, has not changed in that I uh, put it off to the last minute and don't really have anything prepared. Um, there's like two there's like two ideas I have. Uh one is a screenplay that I've already been working on, which seems like I'm excited about it, but it also seems like kind of counter to, I don't know, it feels weird to already have written stuff and bring that in. Um, like, I feel like if I was going to use that, I would really want to start over um, and like kind of work at it from scratch. And the idea with that one is it's, a story about three witches that live in a city and have a small business together. And, uh, the, uh, you know, that's his cat for for those of you listening at home. Sort of leash is his cat. Um, when I write, I always start with the plot. Like it's I'm always I'm thinking about structure and beats and act breaks. And then the single biggest, most difficult thing for me when writing is always like none of these. I don't know anything about these people. And that's always been a huge challenge for me. So uh, that's something which is exciting. Um, 
the other idea that I had was sort of similar to what you were talking about. Um, a, there's a sci-fi movie that I, I was extremely frustrated by, and I uh, thought that you could do a much, much better version of it. Um, so I was kind of taking that premise. I just sort of vaguely had the idea of like, what if I did this, but not so shitty? Um <laughs> And the other reason I, w- I was attracted to that idea is because the one, like, the if there's one thing I've written that I'm, like, really proud of that I think turned out really good, um, and and the it's, like, the one thing that I've finished that feels like I could show it to people and it's, you know, I, I like it a lot, um, is the stupid writing challenge I did for no reason, uh, which was to rewrite the Star Wars prequels but uh, good, and I can't change anything that happened. Like, it has to have exactly the same timeline, and all the characters have to do the same things, and it just all gets recontextualized. Uh, uh, I I wanted... So the the vague idea I had for this other thing that isn't the witch's story uh, is a a science fiction heist where... uh, the which involves um, sort of going into some sort of chaotic uh, alternate world, like sort of a dark world or a phantom zone or something like that, and getting trapped there and, and having to, you know, use sort of think your way out of this strange chaotic like dream world. So basically what I want is something which is dumber than stalker, but smarter than inception. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I don't have any characters and I don't even know sci-fi wise how I would fit it in. And it's just like, do, do another inception one, but maybe dumber than stock, maybe, maybe more exciting than stalker and smarter than inception. Hmm. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, I would actually love your guys' help in, yeah. in deciding which of those two stories I should spend the next however many months writing. Well, um, one thing I, uh, before we, you know, pick something concretely, uh, one thing that I wanted to comment on for both of you guys was uh, I think that you you both have the thing about the story that excites you already figured out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because... A lot of times that I've written something, it's just been to get something on paper, and uh, the thing that excites me about it is that I'm doing it more than I think it's fun. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm like, okay, here's another joke I can put in, here's something funny, whatever. Or here's something exciting, or here's something dramatic, and I don't have what really motivates me about the story, so it's hard for me to come back to those stories. So, um, uh, I think... Now that I've addressed that whole, let me push that aside. Uh, I think it's helpful to kind of choose not to be like sappy or whatever, but like choose with your heart. You know, choose what you most want to see on uh, on the big screen or on the small screen or even just on a sheet of paper because you've completed it. You know, and um, I think. Uh, what I find most interesting is not necessarily what you'll find most interesting. Uh, and we can give you feedback. Kevin and I can give you feedback on like what, uh, 
your writing so far and what you, you know, uh, want to pursue, but we can't really tell you, like, no, do this story because it makes us happy. Right. You've got to pick the one that you're going to want to write. Sure. I guess, yeah, th- that's the thing is, like, when I was trying to I, think I about... S- I still like to put in a vote, though. Okay. <laughs> all, all things considered, I still Thank, Thanks, Evan. I, yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that someone's, someone's looking out for me out there in that big, scary world. <laughs> um, the, when I was sitting down to be like, I, I mean, I have a a list of like 15 log lines for movies that I was going through to try and, uh, you know, I just think about what I wanted to write for this. And, uh, there's, there's some, there's some fun ones in there, but, uh, the thing I was like, okay, so what movie would I, if I saw a trailer in the theater, what would have to be in that trailer where I would go like, Oh my God, like I have to see that movie. And guys, like, I don't know when I got so cynical, but I, like, I just realized, like, I don't, I don't even know if I like movies anymore. <laughs> like, it's been so long since I've seen a movie that I actually liked in theaters. Like, it was that, that I, I, I just was thinking about that. I was like, what trailer could I get excited about? I don't even know anymore. I really liked the trailer for Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. I think that was a perfect trailer. That was a really good trailer. That doesn't answer your question, mm-hmm. but I think it's like, you know, helpful. Yeah. Well, one of the things I liked about Sorry to Bother, like the trailer for Sorry to Bother You, though, was it was like, oh, here are here's here's this, a topic I've never seen handled in a movie before that's being made by people who are familiar with that topic. So, yeah. Like. I don't like I couldn't write that movie like I don't have that life experience um I'm not black <laughs> um I was a telemarketer actually so oh, I could you could you could, I could do that you could that address that it. yeah, yeah. um I'm, yeah. Not, I'm sorry good oh no I was it was just it was uh yeah it was just kind of shocking for me to be like yeah. wow like there's there's, I, a, there's way more content now and it's a lot harder to get excited about things because you're exposed to so much more stuff. Right. Because um, I, I can't... I look back on, you know, when I was a k- younger, I'm like a, I guess a kid, like 16, 17, 18. Yeah. And how excited movies would make me. And, you know, mm-hmm. just like that, that passion for them. And I'm just like, where the fuck did that go? You know, because it's just like... I used to stay up all night watching like three movies back to back to back. I'm yeah. Just like why why can't I do that anymore? Well, part of it is you're thirty, like you know, <laughs> like I I did the same thing, but yeah. it, you know, it's like well, I was on summer vacation. <laughs> I don't get that anymore. That's true. Okay. Yeah, but I know I definitely know what you mean, and and it's fair. I mean, listen, I think it's we all. It would be very easy to just blame Disney. (laughs) I I definitely have thought of, like, the number of Marvel movies I've seen since high school and and how many of them actually made me stoked. And it's just so many hours of, of being, like sort of just just like just above not bored <laughs> in the movie theater uh, it just makes me tired thinking about it on the on the subject of what you were talking about earlier where it's like uh, with Sorry to Bother You it's an experience that these people were uniquely qualified to talk about um, 
I've had uh, plenty of ideas over the years for things that I think are really interesting, and then I never wrote them because I'm like, how could I write this? Right. You know, like, I remember uh, having an idea for, like, a limited series or something mm-hmm. years ago where it, it's about um, a low-level, like, failing TV reporter um, in, like, Florida or some awful place. <laughs> and... Uh, and he's kind of failed out of the big city markets, and now yeah. he's like a—he's in his forties, but he's a cum reporter. Yeah, and uh, he starts like faking news stories, not faking his coverage, but faking the actual story yeah. and making stuff happen. And then it becomes like a, like a—I don't know, like a Breaking Bad or a Dexter kind of heist story, where it's like, oh, he—is he? Are they going to catch up with him in his double life kind of yeah. thing? And I thought that was interesting and cool, and it said a lot about fake news and blah, 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 whatever. And then I'm like, I've never worked in a newsroom. Why would I yeah. be the guy to write this? The, the thing know? about something like that is that it takes a lot of research to get a job, uh, to get a piece like that done. Mm-hmm. And if you don't give a shit about what you're researching, it's kind of like, you know, because you have to be, if you, if you want to write something that you don't know about, you have to be passionate about learning about it. Yeah, like, that's- I don't want to learn about Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I chose not to uh, do a biopic of Poetan, <laughs> which I think would be a fantastic movie. Um, Your ideas are great, but I want to hear the, the sci-fi one. That one kind of piqued me. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so I, I would push in that direction. Okay. And, and I mean, it's something brand new, so it's just like... Yeah. But at the same time, you, you, do you want to... If you want to finish the witches, you should probably keep going with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the witches. I don't know. I mean, if if the if the purpose of this exercise is to get me writing more consistently, like like okay, I, I, this is weird. For years, I've had a fantasy about teaching a screenwriting class, and like the first thing that that I always say is, like, raise your hand if you have a screenplay you've always wanted to write. Okay. Do not write that screenplay in this class. Yeah. It's going to be too precious. It's going to be too close to your heart. You're here to learn how to screenwrite, and you need you need something stupid that you don't mind gutting in order to do this. So and in some ways, I think it's, uh, it's sort of a, a benefit to not have something that I'm so invested in. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that's, I think, why I had so much success with that stupid Star Wars thing is, I mean, for one thing, a lot of the work had already been done for me. (laughs) I didn't have to decide what happened next. And then also just like the stakes were lower because I knew it was stupid. So I wasn't like I didn't spend so much time thinking like, is someone is someone going to make fun of me for having written this? Like, this is going to bump somebody out. And I was like, well, who cares? It's Star Wars figure fiction. And. (laughs) So I think I just was much more fast and loose, and and that's why I finished it, and that's why I think it turned out pretty good. Um, so on on this note, I think we've uh, kind of covered two of these ideas fairly uh, completely, or if not, this style is a specific idea, at least what is driving and motivating him, and right? Where he's going? And yeah, let's hear. But let's hear. Push in a direction. Let's hear yours. Let's yeah. hear more about yours. Uh, okay, so. I, uh, I, I'm a little, uh, type A with my writing and, uh, Silas mentioned earlier that, you know, that he tends to start with plot. 
uh, and that finding characters that interest them can be more challenging. Um, for me, when I write for something serialized or I'm planning to write like a TV show or something, I usually start with characters and scenario and I don't think about what the plot of the pilot or the first season or whatever. I don't think about what those things are at all until I have like a complete uh, like pitch deck for the show. Um, but with movies, I think it's different because uh, you can have, or for me at least, you can have characters that you're interested in, but there needs to be something that you can explain briefly in uh, like a newspaper clipping, like why people would want to see it right. uh, and like what's interesting about it. Um, so my idea, which I wrote copious shit about already, I have a 600 word pitch that I will not read. Uh, <laughs> I, maybe I can read it later to you guys. Um, but uh, To paraphrase. To paraphrase. Um, it's, it's a sci-fi romantic comedy about uh, the last two independent thinkers literally in the world. Because the rest of the world has alien brain worms. <laughs> and these people are the only ones that, uh, that think independently. Um, so, um, plot-wise, for a lot of it, it's uh, the, the, the content of what ha- actually happens in the plot is pretty out there. But the beats, more or less, in my mind at least, are a fairly standard romantic comedy um, where there's like the meet cute and then the, they have a relationship that's founded on the wrong principles and then they split apart and then they, have the, they become better people and uh, they come together. Uh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> they join together uh, as improved people, um, and I think the uh, the um, the point of reference that makes the most sense for this, uh, the one that is most like standard stock plot romantic comedy that everyone saw, is knocked up. Which right. is not an amazing movie, especially considering how it's aged. But um, when it came out, it was funny as fuck, though. I I laughed at it, and then I uh, I, I thought Catherine Heigl was a mondo b word for exposing its sexism, and then ten years later, I was like, oh no, it actually is kind of sexist. Yeah. Like, uh, but it, it was very entertaining, and it told its story well. And there's a reason that everyone remembers that movie, you know. Yeah. Um. So. It's kind of like knocked up, except um, I just at the last minute after I wrote out this whole pitch, I was trying to think of an X meets Y for it. Right. And uh, what I came up with was knocked up meets Gattaca. Do <laughs> 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 you remember the movie Gattaca? I do remember the movie Gattaca. Yeah. But uh, so the alien brainworms that everyone has, um, force, they're, they're not parasites, they're symbiotes. So they want their hosts to live uh, long and healthy lives so they can live long and healthy lives. Uh, So what they do is they uh, kind of forcefully encourage, let's say, uh, everyone to um, live as healthily as possible. And uh, so there's in in the, the movie takes place like five years after 
the aliens, so to speak, come down from Earth, uh, come out to Earth, and um, infect everyone. Uh, and most people like join up voluntarily because they're like, oh, at first there's trepidation. It doesn't matter, like the whole. I'm just setting the scene here. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people voluntarily sign up for this, and then after the invasion is complete, people have been living with it for five years. Like everyone is like a YouTube wellness guru. <laughs> like they just go on casual ten mile runs and they drink kale shakes and they process conflict very healthily and everyone gets along and it's like a, a kind of a utopia but a really annoying utopia if you're not part of it. <laughs> um, so this guy, the main character or the co-lead, I guess, um, is like the last holdout. Uh, in his city, uh, he's the like the last guy who's like, no, I'm not signing up for symbiote. I like my life, and he's like a schlub, uh, and he has ha- had to kind of. Uh, I picture him kind of like uh, Will Forte in The Last Man on Earth. If okay. you've ever seen that, I picture him having to like gradually uh, just become more and more secluded. Like, he still works a job. He still, you know, does everyday things and has friends and whatever. But um, everyone else is a YouTube wellness guru, and he's just, like, this guy who wants to, you know, watch cartoons and eat pork and (laughs) drink beer and whatever. And he's like, I don't care if it makes me healthier. I don't want to do it. So anyway, that's that's the one character. And then the other lead is... uh, uh, a, a woman who, um, as soon as the invasion happened, locks herself in a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> and so those yeah. those two people, yeah. like Hedonism John and like Hedonism Apocalypse John. Jane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are now each other's only option. And she, she locks herself in her bunker and she like... She runs on a treadmill to power the lights, and she grows hydroponic crops, and she's she has like totally vegan and whatever. And she comes out into the world, and uh, they they find each other, and they're like, "Oh, we're the last two people like us that there are, as far as we know." Uh, and so their their initial relationship is just kind of like a uh, like a stock not a Stockholm syndrome thing. I'm I'm trying to think of like a trauma bonding. Yeah, know, sure, that kind of thing. Right. It's it's not. Immediately, like sexual, and oh, you're so hot. It's like, oh my god, another <laughs> one. We made it. <laughs> yeah, I and, didn't. Uh, th- I thought I was the last one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, um, so then the the like the second act basically is like, uh, well, the second half of the second act is like after they've gotten together, it's she um, learns to give up some control of things. Uh, and he um, tries to improve his life. Like, he starts working out and whatever, but he is doing it for the wrong reasons. He's doing it just to keep her, because he just wants her, and she's doing her things for the wrong reasons, just because she can't give up control of everything that she's taking control of. Um, So, and then they they confront each other, and then they go off their separate ways, uh, and they think it's over. And I was really inspired. I don't know if you guys have seen The Good Place. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not cut up. I've seen I've, through season two. Same here. Yeah. But uh, Netflix man over here. Yeah, Netflix boys. <laughs> there's this whole thing about uh, 
the motivation for morality that like you have to if your motivations are corrupt you're even if you're doing good things you're not really doing good things right um so he's the main character male main character is doing things for the wrong reasons so it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. and then uh he does things for he improves his life with no expectation of reward and she changes her life with no expectation of reward. You know, she... Uh, I, I have all kinds of specifics in here, but I won't uh, get into all of it. And uh, then I'm thinking in Act 3, the thing that brings them back together is that there's some kind of cataclysm. <laughs> and, I, I, knew uh, yes. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. The, 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 the brain worms enter phase two. <laughs> they yeah, they yeah. pupate. Yeah. So basically, I, I don't... I haven't figured out what it is yet, but... I have down here, maybe the alien worms go full HAL 9000, maybe they're infected by some kind of War of the Worlds virus, maybe they pupate, maybe they just start dying of natural causes, and then the general population turns into the the, the people from uh, WALL-E, you know, <laughs> right. they just don't know how to care for themselves. Right. And then the two people who are independent all the time have to come together to, uh, to save the world and to have their own healthy relationship. Uh, so... Basically, if, if you look at the beats of Knocked Up, it's the same movie. Right. Where it's like, oh, you know, Seth Rogen goes off and he, after he and Catherine Heigl have broken up, he likes quit smoking weed and he gets a good job and blah, blah, whatever. And then they're brought together by the cataclysmic event, which is the birth. Uh, not saying birth is necessarily cataclysmic. Well, no, but for, the, for those the characters. The movie, yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, then they have a healthy... The end is a healthy relationship for the two of them. Yeah. Uh, based on the right principles right. instead of the wrong thing. Yeah. So Sounds good. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Too yeah. much detail. But, uh, no, no, no. That's, I'm, I'm stoked. I, I uh, you know, I obviously have a lot of work to do. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds great. Um, I, I have never seen that movie before. And I... I, <laughs> I hope not. Uh... I'm I'm a big fan of science fiction and fantasy as settings rather than genres because I think yeah. science fiction and fantasy settings are really interesting and vibrant and science fiction and fantasy genres are super boring and <laughs> annoying. Yeah. Uh, and there's like like I mean everyone remembers Alien because it is sci-fi setting, but it's it doesn't follow any sci-fi tropes. It's a horror movie. It's it's a horror. It's 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 a slasher movie front to back. So if I can talk about um, one of my favorite screenwriting books, it's uh, it, I mean, a lot of people talk about how the Save the Cat series by Blake Snyder like ruined Hollywood or whatever, made everything the same. Right. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily true, but uh, what I do think is um, that it helps under helps us understand the tropes that movies follow generally right and the best book out of the three in my opinion is save the cat goes to the movies which is the one where he outlines um that there's only a few types of stories even though there's lots of genres there's lots of independent details whatever and uh he specifically names alien and jaws and a couple other movies as Monster in the House. Yeah. Where there's an enclosed space and there's a monster that you can't escape from. And uh, then you just kind of 
pursue it down the natural progression of how that story and he, he it describes what each story beat is in each of the different types of stories mm-hmm. so even if it's set in space it's still in space no one can hear you scream right uh, even if it's set in a town, well, they close off the town. They don't allow the police in, and they don't allow the press in, and it's just the town is a walled-off garden. Right. So it's some sort of quarantine the monster in the house. Yes, it's the idea is that you can't escape. Right. Uh, right. Or in, in really weird examples, like mm-hmm. in uh, I think later in the Paranormal Activity series, there's one where they try to leave the house that the haunting is happening in only to discover that it follows them wherever they go because the house is their family. Um, the, the monster in the house house is their literal right. family, so they can't change that. Right. Um, and uh, one of the other types of stories is called A, a Buddy Love, um, which is two characters, um, whether they have a romantic relationship or not, uh, learn to love one another through the same kind of, you know, they basically knocked up or my story, yeah. where they uh, have these specific beats that go in different direction, whatever. And there's like a superhero story. Uh, Die Hard is a superhero story. Totally. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Anyway, so I think um, not to prescribe homework or anything, but I think it would be good to think about what other kinds of movies share the story that you, you know, you want to, because I, uh, I'm very like formal in, in my writing. I like to think about the structure and the influences and not just what I like about the story, but why people will stay tuned in for the entire time. Right. Um, and I, uh, I guess my contribution to the group will be that, Type A focus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so what I was saying before was, uh, Peter, I think I think you made a pretty good segue in that I, I'd love to just chat for a minute about what everyone's process is. Um, I think the three of us have pretty different approaches to writing that we've taken so far. I'd be interested to hear kind of what you guys tend to do. Um, I'll start since I, since I brought it up. Uh, I always think about plot first because that's just where my head goes. Um, I spend a lot of time thinking about plot. And then usually from there, if I'm being a good boy, I try and flesh out the characters and get a sense of who they are and figure out which beetle each one is. And, uh, And then I always, when it comes time to actually start writing, I always start with act two. And then I, because I feel like when I start typing and, and I'm like act one, scene one, I just feel like act ones are really fun to write because everything could maybe pay off later. And it's like, Ooh, a mysterious box. Ooh, who's that guy? And it, and then what ends up happening is like 40 pages later, <laughs> we break into act two. So I, I always start with act two. And once I feel really, really comfortable with that, like, this is good. I, I am fully committed to all the things that happen in this. Then I can go back and set it all up and then finish it off. Um, I tend to start with 
character, maybe. Um, in terms of coming up with an idea, it's kind of a weird process. I don't know where it comes from. You know, it's it's for this one. My my process started with what do I want to write? What do I want to write about? And it went from there. And then I built characters because I feel like you have to know who your characters are in order to know what their actions will be because their actions make the movie. Right. If you don't know what your who your characters are, you they won't make true actions, or you'll be trying to shoehorn things into them, and that doesn't work. Um, and so I always start with character first. I do a lot of that work until I, I kind of like put the central focus on character work while also figuring out the plot scenario beats of it. But I, that's always kind of secondary at first, and it's only to kind of help it move along and it doesn't move along unless I have more character growth and character understanding. So that's kind of like where I'm at is that I've done a lot of character work so far, but I haven't done much in terms of plot. Cool. So I like to, um, I like to start with just like the barest nugget of what I find interesting about the story. The dankest nugget. The dankest nugget. <laughs> the cushiest nug. Is that what they say? I don't, I don't, I'm not a, the kids in their slang. Uh, and then I like to write out um, uh, a little bit about the, basically a, like a, a pitch deck. Like if I'm, I'm imagining that I'm trying to sell the screenplay to somebody, uh, like regardless of where I ever see it going, I just like to think um, this is good work to do. It's, you, yeah, it's good pre work to do. Yeah, what exactly. what do people? What do I like about this? Mm-hmm. What would be appealing or entertaining about it? Yeah. So I I do that first, and uh, and uh, then I write like a, a like a pitch treatment where I actually already kind of did this, where I uh, don't really lay out the story beats exactly. Uh, but I say like roughly what happens mm-hmm. uh, and then I do a full beat sheet that starts with like the most basic beats and then expands in between them so it's kind of an outside in thing where I know um, like the the turn here the turn there the break into two the break into three the climax whatever right. uh, and then I write the individual beats scene by scene and um, then I will. St- I have to have a real, like a really detailed idea of what the whole story is going to be before I'll start writing it. I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah if, if, if I if I get into the guts of the scene and I don't know what the scene immediately coming afterwards is, it it instantly goes off the rail. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I will I will just get excited by something that isn't the movie <laughs> and just be like, ooh, but that's, what if they were gangsters in it? <laughs> um, that's why I do note cards. Like, I know this is something I think Blake Strider talks about in Save the Cat, is doing note cards for every scene and having, like, location, short description, and then having conflict. What's Who's in conflict and what's the plus minus of the scene like? Yeah. Um, where it starts and where it ends and how that, the emotional what's the emotional beat of the scene kind of thing and so I do that with every script that I write because it's really helpful to have that roadmap like laid out in front of you you can just get drunk and stand in front of you like, oh, it needs to move <laughs> <laughs> that and also like if you're stuck on a specific scene you can just be like alright 
we'll just jump three scenes ahead and write that one. Exactly. Yeah. You know? uh, but I, I do need to know what every scene in the movie is yeah. before I'll yeah. I, start. I, my outlining process is, is write a paragraph for every single scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I also will do, like when I'm in the beat sheet outlining process, I'll do something that I, I heard that Trey Parker and Matt Stone do, which is write down one sentence for each scene and then make sure that there are no ands in between them or and then like always make sure it's either a but or a therefore because if and and if it's an and or an and then it does not mean it's another scene if it's an and or an and then it means that the movie is boring oh i get you because if it's this happens then this happens Uh and then this happens but if it's this happens but this happens Uh So this happens yeah, there yeah, yeah. where, where it's like, okay, so that makes sense. It's I like, a, it's like a, the scenes are a series of dominoes and each one mm-hmm. informs the direction of the next one rather than like, because, it, because, but is a twist and so is a therefore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is a, a reaction right. the characters make to huh. changing circumstances and a, but is something that prevents them from doing what they were about to do versus an and is I wrote another scene guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and I, it's funny cause like I've, I've done that for the past, like the past bunch of projects I've done and I'll always think it's, it's in good shape and I'll be like, I feel, <laughs> I feel really good about this. And then I write it out and I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> these are all. And yeah. Yeah. I always like to envision scenes. Uh, I, I can't remember where I first heard this, but like, um, imagine there are two characters or forces standing at opposite ends of a narrow hallway. And the thing they really want is behind the other yeah. force yeah. or character or whatever. Right. And they both have to, coming into the middle of the hallway and figure out who's going to get what they want. Right. And the other person's not going to get it. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, every scene is based on a conflict. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into this more later on yeah. in the writing scenes. But. Right. Okay. Um, then let's talk deadlines. Let's talk plans. Yeah. So, um, Peter, you, you mentioned a first draft by... Ju- uh, July 1st. Let's go with July 4th. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds Fuck nice. yeah. <laughs> July 4th. That way we can have first drafts and then get really drunk and watch Independence Day. Yes. And, and Welcome to Earth. We'll be like, our, we did, well, we will do better than this. <laughs> There's a lot of work to do. We won't have third act problems like these. (laughs) Um, That sounds great. Uh, It sounds great to me because it feels like that is definitely not enough time to get a first draft. And the behavior I'm trying to promote with this is not just sitting on something for years and years and years and years without finishing it. So, So this is good. So then what follows is what's our goal for next episode next meeting next. I think that's going to be personal to okay. each of our, our writing styles. I think for me, uh, okay. So, so I'm, I'm going to commit at this point to a couple things. Uh, I, I, I am. A, so I know I'm going to do the 
sci-fi heist. Honestly, because I just like the idea that we have a romance, a sci-fi, and a sci-fi romance. I just, I, I just my de- my desire for equilibrium can't can't uh, can't turn away from that opportunity. I'm gonna do the sci-fi heist one. Um, I am going to commit to some sort of journey from one world space into another world space some sort of heist and uh i'm i'm gonna say that at the beginning of the movie there is going to be a prophecy which comes true at the end in a way that is unexpected i'm gonna commit to that and uh so so for me i think what i want to have by next week is um a more specific nuts and boltsy idea for what is actually going to happen. Yeah. Hit, um, us, hit us with an elevator pitch. Hit, How that sound? Yeah. I'll hit you with an elevator pitch. And, and I think I want to have a really interesting relationship okay. at the core of it. I feel like, um, that is always going to make writing more easy. If you know, there's two people who interact with each other in an interesting way and want different things in a way that, you know, I just, I just, it'd be cool if there were people in it. <laughs> so my, my goal is it's to a movie with no people. <laughs> the most interesting relationship is between the sun and the earth. There's a Pixar movie. Yeah, <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Sun and moon, right? That's yeah. That's what it's called. Uh, which was a kind of a, kind of a rip off. Oh no, no, different one. I was thinking of the moon one where they, Anyway, it's fine. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Peter? What do you What do you want to have by next week? Um, I think I'm gonna want to have because what I have right now is basically like a a, a pitch. I want to have more of like a a, a treatment slash deck slash bible whatever that goes into who the characters are because right now I only have two, and I know that there's other people in this movie. Um, it goes into the characters and describes like what their motivations and unique traits are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of an expanded version of, of what I have now. But the, what I have now is like about a page and a half. I think I want it to be like three, four pages mm-hmm. of just information about the story and the yeah. characters. Nice. What about you, Pew? I'm gonna I'm gonna aim for a beat sheet along with. Complete character sheets. Nice. Um, because I do. I have character worksheets that I work with. They're like two pages each, and they're all pretty basic and establishes the good stuff, um, background, goals, um, job, desired job, and then cast design. Cast design, which I really like doing, which is like feels this way towards this person, feels this way towards this person. So doing that and having that like emotional set point for everyone is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to have a beat sheet done by next week. That'd be nice. Yeah. Cool. Get that, get that shit knocked out. Sweet. Yeah. Um, going into this, what are you guys most excited about and what are you most nervous about? I guess I'll start. I'm, uh, I haven't written a feature since college, which was a long time ago, not to date myself, <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm excited about, having a story that when we were talking about sorry to bother you it was like these people are who made this movie are qualified to Mm -hmm. tell the story uh i think that 
I have improved and destroyed my life in a couple different cycles before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that I, I have a story that I want to tell and that I look forward to having completed. What I'm most nervous about is um, probably just getting to a specific point in the story or the process and just kind of fizzling out yeah like uh not being committed to it anymore even though i want to see it like there's just been so many projects that i've started and just kind of been like well maybe it isn't for me or i find an excuse to get out of it right which you know for a movie about personal betterment (laughs) kind of a a downer what about you peel excited and oh yeah i excited i'm i'm just excited to be writing screenplays again and be given a reason to um, I've spent a lot of time working on fiction, feeling like that was the route to go, and then it was just like this got dropped in my lap as an opportunity to write to write in a screenplay. And what what I'm most nervous about is what a finished product that I like is going to make me do in terms of like trying to get it made. Right. Yeah. That that's what I'm most nervous about is that I'm going to like it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm scared I'm going to like it. So. <laughs> well, that seems like a. A bad, good problem to have. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm I'm not too nervous about this shit. I mean, I've. It's it's all about uh, us coming together and making that commitment together yeah. of, of of doing this and going through with what we're saying we're going to do and, and hit and record every week or so. Yeah. Um. For for me, like, I just spent so much time being excited about movie ideas and thinking about story ideas and. I'm like, I have completed one feature screenplay since college and it's, it's a mess. It's a wreck. And then I did the star Wars thing. I'm just really excited to have a feature with my name on it. That's like here, like physical that you can print out and put Brad in and shit. If someone said to me, can I see something you've written? I could hand it to them. It's not like, okay, listen, this is Star Wars fan fiction. Wait, like just it's an original idea that I'm proud of that I think turned out good. Like that's yeah, that's what I'm excited about. It's it's a it's a work that you can show other people without having to qualify it. Exactly. Um, What I'm afraid of is honestly. uh, I. I work a job where I have to work for 12 hours a day and it's very, very physically tiring. I'm just worried that there'll be like months where I show up every week and it's like, Hey guys, I didn't get a chance to Dude, uh, fucking whatever. Who cares? Yeah, I know. That's I honestly know. the bottom line. Right. Peter is just like, we're, we're here. We're doing this. We're showing up. We're trying. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the whole point of hitting record mm-hmm. because I'm doing that anyway, but it's just by myself and nobody knows about it. And I feel like exactly. <laughs> uh, for those of you at home, Evan made a jerk off. <laughs> um, uh, that's good radio right there. Um, yeah. So it's, I'm, it's like, okay, if I'm, if I'm with my buddies and we're hitting record and I'm, putting this in a format where like my mom could listen if she wanted to like then it's like okay I, I think I, the idea that people are watching me has always been a better motivator than any other thing for me to actually 
do shit. And, you know, maybe now when work is slow and I'm sitting around near the sad cart, instead of looking at my phone, I'll be like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta write, I gotta work on this beat sheet. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why I like to write in like, Cafes or at parks or shit like that. Well, no, because <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> Mr. Thoreau over here. Be- because the idea that there are other people around watching you, right? You know, that's why it's like it's harder for me to be at home where it's like there's both nobody watching and also options for napping. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like no one, nobody would know if this just was Overwatch instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's just like, whereas if you're like at a, at a coffee shop or some mm-hmm. shit, there are other people and also you'll get kicked the fuck out if you try and sleep. So. Yeah. <laughs> Who ain't been there? <laughs> I've been on the opposite end of that, kicking people out for sleeping in a coffee bean. So mm-hmm. it's just like, fuck. Um... All right, guys. Well, okay. May the best man win. <laughs> it's all about winning. It's all about winning and writing. That's yep. not true. Nope. It's all about right. having a good time with your friends. <laughs>